Okay, hi, and welcome back to Build with Joy. And I am really excited today because we are going to learn about ethical fashion and an amazing team of Latinas that are changing the game. So I am talking today to Diana of All From Ramon. And I'm really excited because this is actually the first time talking to you, but I've been following your stories for a couple years now and seeing you launch your new product line. And I think you're wearing one of your designs. Um, But if you can introduce yourself, where you're at and who you are, who is Diana? (laughs) Thank you, Joy. That was a great introduction. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my name is Diana. I am one of the co-founders of Bajo Ramon. Um, my sister and I run the business and um, well, me, myself, I am a first generation Mexican-American and I am based out here in Los Angeles. And we are, like you said, killing the game um, and really just breaking down barriers in the fashion industry and really trying to define and educate what true sustainability means. Um, and also just keeping it modern and fun um, and just keeping keeping up to date with everything else, um, technology and stuff like that. So we really just try to keep it, keep it real. <laughs> and you've been sharing a lot of the behind the scenes, right? Cause I think a lot of people, they buy a cute, you know, top and they don't really think about everything that goes into it. And you all dye your own products, right? And you have a new line of jeans too that you're launching. And what what made you go into fashion? Because I think a lot of people just, you know, you could just buy something from China and put your name on it. What made you actually start this? Right. Um, I think there was like a, a moment of where I wanted to continue working in fashion, um, like how you just touched bases on weave, we dye clothes. So we have been working industry for about collectively with my um, family uh, for over 30 years. And we've had experience working with um, really like celebrity brands and premium brands, really well known throughout American fashion. And um, we kind of just felt like the need to make something of our own and also like not just depend on other clients, right, for our personal income, but also do something for ourselves and leave a legacy for our family too, Um, which is another reason why we named it All for Ramon because he started, my brother Juan Ramon started a fashion brand back in 2005. Yeah, 2004, 2005, but he got diagnosed with cancer. So all that just got put to the side and we didn't really go forward with it. Um, And then he passed away. So it was just like a it was just a whole pause in the story. Um, but then fast forward to literally 10 years later, I come along, graduate college, and we're still working in the fashion industry, keeping that 30 years keep going. Um, and we're just like, you know what? I think it's time to reignite that that vision um, that we had and back in the early 2000s. And we created the brand all for Ramon. And we really wanted to do things here made locally. Um, and to also educate, because I feel like there's a really lack of transparency and education on what, like, where you're getting the products from. And I feel like it's so cliche, like, just like, oh, you know, really, like, really read the labels. But it's, I think it's, we're starting a new movement. And I think COVID really taught us that this past year. And we started really shaking up the industry, like, okay, like, all right, well, who's the owner? Where is my dollar going to? Do they really care about the people? Or are they, like, racist? Are they, like... You know, because a lot of fashion brands don't really care about their contractors. They don't care about who's 
sewing it. Um, you know, they don't really pay them well. And especially in Los Angeles, there's a lot of sweatshops here too. And just because something is made in USA or LA does not technically mean that it's mindfully made or ethically made because we are Los Angeles. So we really try to like, um, use our platform as much as we can to just be like, yo, wake up. Like, this is what you're supposed to be like looking for. And when you're reading a care label, this is what you're supposed to be asking brands for. Like, I need to know or just more clarification on what transparency means. So I feel like a, re- a regular consumer won't even know the right questions to ask. And that's the problem. So we're trying to educate and share our knowledge on like what you should be asking brands and brand owners to give the information that you need in order to make a mindful purchase. Um, so that's basically where it's at. And also like we've never, when I was growing up, I never really saw like a brown person or like a Rizzo's curl hair like on the billboard wearing like premium clothing ever so um i kind of just wanted to re-emulate that and be like yeah like i would definitely want to see like people of color and indigenous uh, models and stuff like that wearing my stuff on billboards and be like this is the new luxury this is the new premium like this should be allowed because but you know we are america <laughs> so um that's kind of where where that continuation of fire went through because we belong and we, sh- we should not be invisible anymore we are seen and we're the people working really hard behind uh, in the fashion industry ah this just made my heart so happy um hearing you say that because i feel like i've been I mentioned before, I've studied a lot like international studies. So a lot of sustainability and how, you know, the economic structure, the business structure behind things. And I've always thought like, okay, well, we're profiting. Why can't we pay people equitably? Right. Why can't we actually take care of the environment and get to enjoy and thrive? Right. And create businesses that sustain ourselves and our families. And funny, you mentioned Riesel's Carls. I'm wearing, well, using it um, right right now. Um, so I was like, yes. Right. So I love this, that this space, right. Of more sustainable um, purchases. And you mentioned, um, you know, we have to to think about what we are asking brands, right? And how are we holding them accountable? What are some things that we should be asking or even considering, right? Like most people hate reading, right? So they're probably not reading all of the things, but what are the things that we should think about when we're making our purchases? Yeah. So my tip first and foremost is as long as like for me, I have a really good a best friend that she's she buys literally everything that I create. But what's most important is that because I share my knowledge and I like just have casual conversations with her, it it all those little casual conversations will make made her make more mindful decisions. Like she recently just told me, like, oh, you know, because of you, I don't really shop at Forever Twenty One. And granted, like, I'm never going to scold her if she ever does, or anyone, or even myself, because sometimes I just need something really quick in front of emergency, even though I do return it after. But <laughs> um, like the, the point is, is that as long as you're mentally conscious about it, that's what really matters. So for me, it's always like, okay, like have those conversations like especially now because there's people who are literally getting um zero pay behind 
making your clothing. So it's like having those conversations. And then that friend like will, will make a, a mindful, a more conscious decision. And that's part of activism, like a small part of activism without you even knowing. And then on a more, on a more deeper level for me, I always, when I'm shopping, I kind of like, know, like, okay, like I know who I'm not going to buy from already. Right. I'm not going to support any type of fast fashion brands. Like for example, that includes, um, the Shein, um, Zara Forever 21, um, H&M. Like I know those the big department corporations, I know I'm going to not going to support those. Um, and even though, because they say sustainability, there's no such thing as sustainability for those things, for those big corporations. We, I like to call it, they're just greenwashing consumers, making them seem like they're doing the right thing, but just trying to get that dollar from you. Um, so it's just kind of like be being aware of what greenwashing means as, as much as possible. So when I'm looking for a small business and to purchase from, um, like for example, um, what's another, like a, I don't know, like, um, well, there's a headbands that I purchased from, they're called woven features. Um, so I buy like, a, it's like a really cute headbands that I love. And they literally on their about and their um, sustainability page, I literally say like, these are sourced from here. We have the certifications for this. Here are the certifications. You can click on the factories or stuff like that. Or you like, um, so all that's really important. And also I go even further. I also want to know about who the brand owner is, right? I want to know who is getting my dollar at the very end. So it's like, okay, is it a random person I don't know? Or are they making a profit margin of 90% or is someone doing a happy dance? Because now this dollar that I'm giving them to can actually pay the rent for that month. So that's, those are three steps, right? Being a, an act, a, like a small activist within your friend group to, um, reading, taking, like to making sure you're reading. I know we don't really like to read, but, all, but I like to give the benefit of doubt. I feel like now we're a lot more woke and we want to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we should read. People yeah. should read. We should read encourage people. them to read. <laughs> read people. But yeah, like literally, like I kid you not, let me see if mine, I grabbed a sample from my collection, but in the inside, I'm gonna get all naked here <laughs> on the inside. Like I literally have where it's made. Um, and also have like a registration number where I'm licensed to be able to sell clothing. Um, so it's literally just taking a look inside the care label. And then like, if I want to know more, because you know, what if it's a new business and I don't really shop from, okay, go to the about me, who is getting that last dollar. Um, and for me, I always go the extra is, are they giving back? Is this company giving back, um, you know, quarterly or do they have a positive social impact? Cause to me, that's really important um, that they're not just benefiting the whole time for their personal gains. Like, do they care about community or are they active in the community? That's really important to me as a shopper, um, mainly because I've been in this industry for so long that I look for those things. And um, I'm glad to be able to share that with you. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned that you've been in the industry for a while. And I think a lot of people don't realize how integral Latino families and communities are in the the garment industry in fashion. And um, I would love to hear more about that. Definitely like how you've been involved, how your family's been involved, because 30 years is a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it's really long. Obviously, you know, I haven't been working for 30 years, but um, I grew up in the industry. I would literally ride around with my scooter 
at my dad's factory when I was a kid and just say hi to everyone working around. But um, I mean, growing up in the fashion industry was really tough, I know, for my father because there wasn't that many um, Latinos taking the lead. It was mainly a lot of um, Caucasians that were owning the businesses. So my dad had to work three times as hard to prove himself um, that he was capable of managing and then eventually owning the company. Um, so he just kind of built this iconic like die house in the eighties that was, you know, really well run, ethically run and kind of like putting the forefront of ethical manufacturing without him even knowing it. Um, because we always just, my dad has always just implemented it to my old family. Like if you're going to do something to some, do it right. Right. So that just even goes to like paying your employees, right. Um, you know, they come first because they're the ones making your product. Um, and all those things, I was like, yeah, like you've been sustainable since like day one. And he's just like, no, I just did things the right way. Like, and I'm just like, okay. Like, so he really like set this really strong foundation without him even knowing it. Um, and he became really well known in the industry working with like top name brands and, um, Thankfully, he developed this reputation that now my sister and I have to carry, <laughs> but um, we're really thankful for that. And, um, and we're, we're, pride, we're very prideful and proud that we can continue to employ our people and protect our people because a lot of um, people of color, especially women of color, don't get treated right in this industry. Um, I'm also, uh, I'm really aware, like I mentioned earlier, is that there are still quite a few sweatshops still in Los Angeles. So uh, for myself, I am an activist for that. Um, I am a part of a coalition that's getting um, a bill passed. It's called SB 62. So it, it's trying to eliminate the peace rate in Los Angeles. So just a little synopsis of what it is. So basically, um, sewers and, or like people who are dying products literally get paid the piece per piece. So they're literally making like $300 a week, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Um, so that's some of, that's like the, like the really bad side of it. And I've, I hear stories out of it, but I don't really know because we've never done that. And we've always done things the right way. And we give our employees like a living wage since forever. But, um, it's really important for me. And for the reason why I'm so adamant about AFR, um, keep to keep growing because I want to keep I want to protect my people. You know, a lot of them are immigrants or a lot of them are um, from other foreign countries and they don't know how to speak up for themselves or they don't under, they can't speak English. And I understand that because my dad was an immigrant. I'm a daughter of an immigrant. So I feel like I have this necessity to, to be their voice and, you know, employ as many as I can, you know, if AFR keeps growing to protect them. And like, you know, I want to be able to kind of have, I want to be able to go to bed at night and be like, okay, like they're safe. I, you know, they're earning good money and I want to like, I want to hear them like, oh yeah, like my kids are going to prepare to go to college. Like that's my dream. Like, you know, it's always like employee wellness is number one for me, but before like profit or even paying myself. Um, so that's how it is, you know, in this industry, it's, it's, it can get pretty scary, but then again, like it's, it's things like that where my dad has really taught us and my sister and I are very adamant about that. We're like really excited. And even like my small team here, they're just super grateful. And like, 
I just love working with them as cheesy as it sounds because um, I'm building community. And that's like, I know that that's the full circle sustainability, true sustainability. It's not a, just about like fabrics you're using or stuff like that. There's more to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, one, I think what, you know, you mentioned greenwashing, right? Like a lot of people will be like, oh, um, we might use like this, this product, right? Uh, but for people who don't know what that is, could you explain it a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for greenwashing, um, it's just a marketing tactic that big corporations use, or even even small businesses can try to use um, just because they're probably just not fully aware of what they're getting themselves into. And that's okay. It's a learning process, but big corporations know what they're doing and they're just taking advantage. So for example, um, let's just put, uh, I believe H&M, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really shop there as much, but I've, I feel like H&M like, does have like their eco line or something like that. They have like... Yeah, they right? have the whole eco line and they also Yeah, they also have a whole initiative that's like, oh, bring back your fabrics and we'll give you 10% off, which yeah. I always thought was a low-key scam because I was like, hold it, I'm giving you yeah. So Yeah, so I first of all, one, I don't even know what they do with those fabrics. I don't really see anything being made out of those things, and I just don't think they could because they're such at a large scale when you bring those things back to them. So it's not a thing. <laughs> um, but for example, let's um, back to that. They probably are trying to advertise that they are using recycled materials and stuff like that. But the problem is that they're just making things at such a large scale. And if they do not sell it, what they do with it is that they just dump it. So it's not like they're, they're, making the situation better. It's just a marketing tactic because they're understanding that the, now the narrative, now the younger generations are becoming more aware, but now we just need to educate the, the younger generations are becoming aware that that is not the right way to sing sustainability. So it's terms like that where it's like, oh, we're eco-friendly now. Or I think ASOS has one too. Um, and so it's just those marketing taxes at big corporations, it just doesn't exist. It's not going to exist. There are websites that do evaluate the sustainability report that big corporations um, uh, market. Um, and it's called Remake dot com yeah it's called remake.com so they literally it's like big corporations that are already big even if you're a small business and you have already grown to a big scale i think like girlfriends collective they do like the yoga pants um i think they're on there too and i think they're small owned uh, and then they grew i'm not sure the background story but they rate them out of like out of 10 on how truly sustainable they are so it's really interesting and um, i do recommend it if you are interested in like just getting to know more what that is it's a really good website and um i, I know the the founder behind it and she is incredible so that's one way that we can also as consumers be like are they really like and then you go on there and you're like oh no they're lying <laughs> so um that is part of the greenwashing yeah what yeah. was the name of the website again remake we'll definitely put yeah. it in the notes but mm-hmm. remake yeah oh, remake. that is com. awesome mm-hmm. I, I love i'm an i'm an, a data analytics ops person so mm-hmm. like all of that stuff just yeah. you know all the techie things and actually tracking and seeing that because yeah. i think you know to your point you know greenwashing people also are using like eco things right and they're just like 
oh yeah, we're we're using you know less um, impactful dyes, but then they're not also talking about like okay, but who's making it right? Like you're still sourcing from like a sweatshop, right? Or if they're doing third party and might not even be tracking or care yeah. to know how they're it's paying a, people. It's a really intersectional topic. So and which is why um, when I talk about these things, like the first thing when people ask me, well, what is sustainability to mean to me? And I'm like, well, it's the humans behind it. Like to me, the fabrics is the last thing. It's more of like, well, you know, human life is way more valuable than anything. And after that is taking care of our planet. And then after that is like the materials you're using. So um, a lot of, a lot of brands and a lot of brand owners forgets about that. And um, it's, it's kind of disheartening sometimes when I hear it and I'm like, uh, hello. <laughs> um, so it's really important to keep in mind that a true sustainable and or ethical future really does involve full circle of human beings behind it, um, believe it or not. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's raining and I hear the rain in the background. So I'm like, let me close I the don't even No wonder. I was like, what are you doing? Okay, just making sure. I was like, oh no. Um, so I'll edit this little part out. But yeah, um, wow. Yeah, I think that's that's the other thing. You know, people don't think about like the, the people behind it. But you... And all for Ramon, you'll take all of that into consideration. Yeah, right? because I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm literally, I am a garment worker. You know, I'm, I'm the one that's like, if, if people who are watching this, like I may, I dyed this t-shirt like from head to toe. So it's like, I know how hard the craftsmanship is. And literally that's what they are. Like all these people are so damn skilled, like sewers are just like are amazing and like all that that takes fucking skill and like for all this stuff like people don't realize like how much science and mathematics goes into this like I'm just like that's why like for me like I kind of reevaluated what my title is and I'm like well I'm a dive scientist like that's what I am. And people are like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. Like I'm dealing with numbers. I'm testing new things all the time. Like sometimes it's an epic fail. I'm trying to like invest in cool new things that can help me in the long run and save water in the long run. So it's like, it's a trial and error. And it sometimes takes years, months for me to figure something out. So um, that's what I am. And it's just people forget that these jobs are really like, people need to be really educated into them and a lot of practice and experience to be able to fulfill these types of jobs. Um, so it's an art. It's a really an art. And uh, I'm glad that like the conversation is now continuing like, Oh, like there are people are willing to invest and are asking questions like, Oh, that's cool. So I'm like, finally, cause back in the day, like no one really cared. Not at all. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, one of the things I also studied was chemical engineering. So I totally understand like the whole, you know, yes. the science behind it, the chemistry behind it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned like, does it use that much water? Cause I think people don't realize how much water it takes to produce fabrics, right. And the dyes behind it, all everything that goes into it. And, you know, you're very hands-on like, like if anyone's watching or watching or listening, Definitely follow their Instagram stories because I see you all like mixing everything. <laughs> yeah. And and what was because how many years have you been running all for Ramon it's just now? Two. It's just been two years and I've been running it. Um so it's it's still a baby. And uh but I do it, you know, and I also run my dad's business. So it's like I, I try to do as much as I can. Um 
but it's it's really oh, I didn't realize you also are running your family business on top of that. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) I mean, we don't that's not that we don't we don't talk about it, but I I feel like I I don't know if I do. I feel like people who know me um, or has has followed AOFR since the beginning know, but yeah, I I also have another full time business where I kind of I give my services or I tend to small businesses that also have the same values of AOFR, and you know we we partner up together and and also provide them services. But yeah, that's uh, you know two years. <laughs> <laughs> And what are some of, you know, the obstacles that you've confronted, right? Because you went from, and obviously you come from entrepreneurial family, which I think many of us that do decide to start our business, either you come from an entrepreneurial family, but it's because your parents were immigrants that they had to like figure it out. And you mentioned your dad went from working to owning the business eventually. Um, But what were some of the things that you had to overcome when you first started because you can have as much training. Like I was the first employee at my last startup. And then I was like, yeah, I got this completely different game. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, well, I think there's two things for me. And, um, for me, one was more personal. So one was for me when we first started AFR, like it was, it was a really not a hard time for me, but it made me, miss my brother a lot more. I mean, I lost him when I was 12. So, and I'm 26 now. So it was a more of like an emotional journey for me. It's like, okay, what would he be doing if he was here? And like, I was kind of struggling a lot. Like, okay, like how would he do it? And just thinking too much about how he would be doing it instead of just like me just following what I've grown up with and what I really I'm good at and just going forward with it. Um, so that was one obstacle for me. It was, it was more of like taking the, the situation that we have gone through when, uh, as a trauma, as a family and creating a butterfly effect to it. So taking something really bad, um, and learning from it and making it into something beautiful. So that was one step that I had to like figure out myself mentally and obviously I had a you know I went through therapy and I'm like so it's like all those things really helped shape the form of where AFR is now um so it was hard like it was like I would spend sometimes like days crying and like I was designing and crying or like I don't know how to, to like finalize a certain style because I don't I would be like well would he like this you know so it was a really emotional part for me um so that's one obstacle personally and then I guess just business wise um well uh business wise my sister and I we obviously we were partners in this business so it was just kind of like where we balance each other like how to work each with each other effectively which was like kind of hard because one we're sisters right so we're always gonna like bicker at each other <laughs> and and two we work together so it's like how yeah, do we... i i can't <laughs> imagine working with my sister <laughs> yeah. so it's just kind of like okay how are we gonna work together so we could be efficient and like keep things rolling so it was just kind of like finding that balance and find like kind of saying okay i'm not being vulnerable with each other like i'm not good at this you know, I am good at this. So what are you not good at? So I can maybe like balance off each other. And it took us like probably like a year. And I think just barely this past year, we kind of realized where we're good at. So that was just kind of like, kind of what another struggle is just like figuring out what we're not good at and saying that. <laughs> so, um, so now we figure that out. I've realized that I'm not the best, like, um, 
color theory person. So like I'm more of the hands-on person and my sister's more of the creative director. She's just like, okay, this is what I see. Um, this is the colors I would like to use. Here you go. Make something out of it. And, like, and I'm like, and I, and I can work that way. I'm like, okay, great. I'll take it and I'll make something out of it. And we're good, you know? So that's how we like make our stuff, our collections and our color stories. But yeah, that's how that was my, yeah, that was kind of like our struggle is just like saying what we're not good at, which a lot of people don't really do. And I've never really been like, I'm not good at this, you know? So we always just try to hide stuff and like, yeah, we'll figure it out, right? But at the, at the end of the day, we're running a business and we kind of just need to be upfront of what we're not good at so that we can move forward. Yeah. And I think you touched on something that's so key, right? Like I always focus on the operational side of businesses, the system side. And I think that's one of the things to run a business efficiently. You have to kind of put people in like what they're good at, right? And a lot of times we're always trying to train people and think of, okay, well, like I need to learn how to do this, right? And I think, especially if you're the boss, like you're the CEO, you're the people in charge, right? Um, the chief uh, data, wait, no, what is it? The chief Color scientist? Is that yeah. what you call yourself? Guy scientist? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. And but right, I think you kind of already are like, okay, this is my zone of genius, right? This is what I'm great at and what I could focus on. And finding the people that compliment you, right? And giving them that task, right? And as you grow, finding the people that are great at what they do instead of trying to be the person that's doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where I'm at right now. We're like, I'm like, okay, I'm like managing two businesses. And again, I've had to tell myself, okay, well, I'm not the best at social media. So I need to like hire someone that can do this for me where I don't have to think about it and I can focus on it. So it's like, I think a lot, a lot of struggle where a lot of small businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs like can't let go of it because it's their baby. Um, but when you find that right partner, obviously it takes a couple of trials with people um, to partner up with. But when you find that right partner, it'll be just effortless. And then your business will grow without you having to like be on top of that person and be like, is it okay? Is it good enough? So um, I think definitely doing enough research where you can let go with the right team. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the the biggest lesson, right? That you start realizing you're like, okay, you get to do more when you start building it. And I think especially as the person in charge, it's great to know a little bit of how things work, but then you're like, okay, I need to find an expert now, right? Or I need to hire someone to take this over. And what are what are kind of some of the the systems, right? Or things that you've started putting in place to grow either in both your businesses, right? Because how are you managing two I businesses? <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I think the most important system is that I think deadlines for me, um, and also depends how passionate you are, right? Like for me, I don't mind if I have to stay up to 2 a.m. at the dye house and like to get my collection done. Um, so it's just kind of like, are you that type of person that will stay up till all nighter to get yourself done? Or you type of person where it's like, mm, I can do it the next day. And for me, I'm like, no, I, I want to get this done because I, I it's my baby, right? Um, so I think it's just kind of like, establishing how passionate you are about your business um, and the future that you see it. Because if you see a very prosperous future, you will work day and nights, no matter how hard it is to make sure that it's successful. Um, And also, uh, like I just touched upon, is just realizing when 
realizing when you need help. Um, as cliche and as overrun, we say it's like you need to ask help when you need to. Um, and sometimes you, sometimes your budget isn't going to allow it. Like we're still a very small business and I realize that and that's okay. Um, but in order for you to grow, sometimes you do need to invest mindfully. Right. Um, so we do need to invest mindfully in the right team where that we can grow in a rate that, you know, because of them, the experts that we hire will be thankful for that, that the money that we invested into them will pay off in like four months, six months. So that's where we're at right now to like operate it because we operate two businesses. We're trying to hire right now. Um, we're in the interview process to hire a social media manager and also um, a basic PR marketing services. Thank you. Yeah. So all those things like are super small steps and we know we have a small budget to play around with, but as, as long as we're doing it mindfully, um, it, it will pay off and um, we're ready for that because not only one, I don't want, I don't want there to be an opportunity, an opportunity missed because I wasn't paying attention, you know? So that's why I bring on someone that can do that for me. Top notch. It's better. <laughs> yes. And I think that's something that a lot of first time business owners or people when you're first starting are very scared to reinvest back into their business. Cause they're just like, I just made this money. Like I don't want to let go of it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's tough. It is tough. And like, we just released like our, our new collection last week and um, thankfully sales have been good. So it's just like, okay, like, all right, we got a good response. Now we know that uh, people are aware of the quality that we give. We have their trust. We know that we'll get we'll get loyal customers. And like, okay, we can we're at a safe spot to make these right decisions. It's either now or never. Um, so you just have to jump the gun sometimes because sometimes it can be too late, you know, and you're going to be like, well, what if I did this? Or what if I hadn't like contacted this person? And so it's just kind of like, you just have to go for it. Um, and, and be, you have to be afraid. Like there's no such thing as everything's perfect. Like you are going to have your guts going to turn inside out because you're literally like spent so much money on this person or, um, your bank account's getting lower and lower and lower. (laughs) yeah I could totally relate you're just like okay but it's time to like grow right because you just are like oh but then it's like right it's gonna it's gonna come back right and that's the goal right when you're doing it strategically and realize it's time to grow and you know before um we wrap things up one of the things I I love asking is you know how can you help people, right? And I know you're changing the game of fashion. And I think one of those ways is that new line. Do you have any other things that are, are happening, right, that that are helping the community as well? Yeah. Um, like you just mentioned, we did release our new capsule line last week, which included a bunch of small batch items. Um, so there's literally a thing for everyone, leisure, athleisure, denim for your new summer days. We call it summer days because then we know people are ready to go out. <laughs> um, so it's a very small batch. The streets are calling our They're names. calling your name. <laughs> you already know. Have you seen that TikTok of like the... <laughs> Um, so literally that was kind of like the inspiration, but, um, yeah, that's definitely one way to definitely support. And, um, 
yeah, I think another way is just giving us that follow on Instagram, um, signing up for our email list. We don't spam. It's just mainly to share good news and or uh, collections that are being released. And also what's most important too, um, we have a nonprofit partner that we donate back to called Cabin Present Foundation. So um, if you have any spare change, stuff like that, it'd be great for you just to donate to them um, directly, um, even though our sales donate to them as well. But if you have extra change um, it benefits um, children and or families that are struggling with cancer in their families so it's all rooted with um, all you know that's the reason why we partnered up with them um, but yeah I think that's another way to give back socially and um, yeah and then we're always looking for grants too if there's if you see one that's coming our way that falls that we're AFR aligned with definitely shoot us our way and yeah I'm always willing to speak and and share the knowledge that I have and all the good to share yeah and and that kind of goes into asking more of you, like, how can we help you, right? Like you mm-hmm. and your sister, um, you know, what is it something that you need right now? Um, I know right, entrepreneurs right. hate asking for help. I know. <laughs> I know. No, buy our stuff. <laughs> um, buy our stuff. <laughs> uh, definitely share. I think just sharing the story, because um, we always feel, we always find that it's best for people like, oh, well, who is AFR? Like, who is Alfa Ramon? And people get like intrigued by the story and they're just like, okay, well, yeah, I know everything where my dollar is going. Like, yeah, I'll invest into that. So um, I think for us, we're, we're trying to build, um, obviously, a lot more cash flow. So, yeah, if you have the, the extra change or if you want to give someone or a gift card, definitely check our website out at alfredramon.com. Um, and, yeah, that would be super helpful. And um, just, yeah, let us know when you need us. <laughs> Well, I love that. And my final question for you is, if you could tell a young Diana, or do you go by Diana or Diana? Um, I love Diana more. <laughs> Diana? Okay. Um, I was asking because I keep messing up one of my friends and she's like, it's Diana. I'm not a white girl. Uh, <laughs> but if you could ask a young, if you could tell a young Diana some advice, what would you tell her? Mm. Um, I think I would just tell myself continuation of what my dad and my family has always told me that if you're going to do something, do it right. Um, that goes into your attention, right? If you're going to dedicate your time to creating a new business or a small business, put all of your attention to it, do it right. Don't just like give it 50, 50. Um, or if even if you're going to build, um, you know, even create like a, a new collection, like be intentional with your collection. What, what, what are, what's your why? Like you have to just do it right. Um, whatever you think that is in your heart and then you will never regret what you did. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking this time and sharing your story with me and everybody listening. And where can we buy and find All for Ramon? Yeah, definitely check us out. You can follow our Instagram at at allforramon.com. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> you can follow our Instagram at Alforamon and then our website um, at alforamon.com. We're also on TikTok. Um, and yeah, definitely you can find us on those social media platforms. Thank you. You're, it was so fun talking to you. 